Lots of style and comfort, not much cash. Jazzy all around with loads of room in the back. Studebaker lock. Hey everybody and welcome to a new edition of the award-winning Talking About Cars. I'm Randy Cardoon. Everybody has a car story. Hey, just a reminder, don't forget, subscribe to our iTunes page. We'd love a review and a rating. And if you're listening to us on SoundCloud, give us a like and also leave a message. You can also follow us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Check us all out, Talking About Cars, even on YouTube. This week, a special few minutes with a car collector I met at a recent Supercar Sunday in Woodland Hills, California. This man says he can make a Shelby Mustang make it sound like a Lexus. In other words, from the standpoint of keeping road noise out of his car. Wow. But first, Jeff Stiles. You've likely seen him on Car Warriors. He even made an appearance on the Wheeler Dealers show when they were out here in California. He's a painter and a pinstriper, and he gives us a behind-the-scenes look at things producers do to elicit some reactions from their reality show participants. I know you've probably read about it, happening elsewhere. This is from first-person guy himself, and that's from Jeff's observation. So I asked Jeff about his first car memories, and sure enough, they not only involved his dad, but sponges, and yep, cleaning his dad's cars. Earliest time would probably be following around my dad and having him make me clean the cars. But one of the things that I always got stuck with was Kelsey Hayes wire wheels. And some of you guys out there that know old cars know Kelsey Hayes wire wheels. On a T-Bird, man, I'm sitting there just cleaning in between. That was my job. But you know what? It started my path to the hot rods. Talk to me about, you say, your dad's cars. Uh, tell me, uh, how old were you? And, and talk about some of the cars your dad had that you had to clean. You know, some of my dad's cars go back, way back to dirt track, jalopies, you know. And I see pictures. I still have all these pictures of my dad's cars. And I would love to have all the cars that he tore up on the dirt track but you know what it goes back to is 36 ford you know is 57 chevy is 56 i could go on and on and on he's had cars he's always promised me a car but he always sold it before i got old enough to drive what did your dad do for a living my dad actually was a fireman uh for years and years and years he was just the opposite of me or i should be the opposite of him um, i followed his footpath is a pinstriper lettering guy but i did it full-time volunteer fireman he was full-time fire, pinstriper on the side. I never put those two together, frankly. I think that's pretty amazing. Hot pinstriper and firefighter. What's it about being a firefighter that makes you a good pinstriper or vice versa? You know what? It might be, um, you know, everybody knows a fireman as taking care of the vehicles. Every day they had to do that checkout on that engine. They'd clean it. They'd make it nice. Back in the day when my dad was growing up and being a fireman, they were gold leaf. They were pinstriped. Back in the good old days, you know, that's what started a lot of guys to go, you know what? I love this stuff. Was your dad that kind of car guy or was the entire fire department pretty much in the cars at the time? I think my dad was exceptional. You know, I call him a freak, you know, because he was just so meticulous on everything. Um, I'm a little bit opposite. I'm like, dad, I can fix anything. You know, if it gets scratched, I'll fix it. But my dad made me take my shoes off before I got in the car. You know, the sweat off your elbows. You couldn't put your arms out the window and look cool. You had to keep everything in. So. Wow. Yeah, he's a little crazy. Dad was a little, um, how do I put this politely, a little anal retentive, basically? And I mean that in the nicest, no. I just called your dad anal retentive kind of way. You've hit it <laughs> right on the head. <laughs> and he's not chasing me around the studio. I like that. That's a good thing. So your path to being a car person when you were growing up, is this what you wanted to do from the beginning, or did you try something else at first? No, I think this is what it all started out as. 
and I kind of followed in his footsteps. And as I got older, got driving, you know, I never even took my car out in the rain. You know, I'd walk to school because look out the window and it's raining. Well, the car's going to sit, you know, I didn't want it to get dirty. So that kind of started me on a path. I was only 13 when I started striping, but at the same time, I already had a 54 Ford pickup. When so, you were 13. Exactly. So I couldn't drive it. So all it was, was restore it. So I started restoring. By the time I got 16, thing was just about ready to go. Okay, wait a minute. 13 years old, 54 Ford pickup. What's that story? That story just goes back to working really hard. I worked for my dad. I pinstriped. Working almost, you would say almost full time, but also going to school. But I was taking all that money, piling away. All of a sudden, I walk in the back to stock the shelves. There's a 54 Ford pickup. My dad went out and bought it. He took my money that I earned, bought the car, bought the truck. So when I saw it, I'm like, what is this? He goes, that's your truck, but you still owe me some money. So get the work. So did you, when did you get to drive that to school? Well, I finally got to drive it right after about 16, 16 and a half. It was just about done. I held the whole front end, used some old time guys that were in the, in the area that I was in, helped me paint it. I watched, and that's how I started really learning. I mean, I think that's what really started to mold me into what I am today. Not only a pinstriper, but a painter, mm -hmm. because I watched those guys. So to watch the old-time guys, they had all the tricks. So we got the front half of the truck done. The back half of the truck wasn't, mm -hmm. but I could drive it anyway. That's still pretty cool, though, to be able to have a truck that early and be able to work on it until it got to a point where you could actually drive it. Now, you grew up where? I grew up Southern California. Oh. My dad lives back east, northern Kentucky, but I went back there and stayed the rest of high school there, and I said, you know what, I really can't make it here in the career that I want to do. Pinstriping, hot rodding, everything was in SoCal. So off to mom's I went, finished my career here. 36 years later, I'm still doing the same thing, but I'm doing more, I've got more cars, and I take them out and show them. When you were growing up, where was the truck at the time, in Kentucky? Yeah, the truck was in Kentucky. The best part about that story was I left the truck there half painted, half primered. Came to mom's, but I decided I better go get my truck. I was still young. I was only about 18, 19 years old. Went back, grabbed the truck, said, hey, dad, I'm going to drive this truck across the country. He goes, really? Bias ply tires, no tools, took off in a 54 Ford pickup all the way across the country. Not one problem. Really? Not even going through the Rockies or anything? Nothing. So you are the luckiest man in the world. No, you know what? I say the same thing. I don't think I'd do it today, but uh -huh. at that time, kids had no fear. You know, I had no fear. I, get in and go. That's all I did. You were talking about the cars that you have now. Okay, well, let's talk about what's in your garage right now. There's a lot in my garage, you know, and uh, we try to fill it. I'm pretty creative with, uh, with management of space. Right now, there's a, a 29 Ford Model A Roadster pickup. There's a 56 Bel Air wagon, a 57 ranch wagon, a couple Harleys. Uh, recently added to the stable, I could say, would be a 54 Bug. My wife's German. She says, I need a Bug. So we found a Bug, built it up for her. All stock, 54 semaphore Bug. So she goes, you need a Bug. I said, really don't need a Bug. I got enough cars. Well, now I've got a 56 over window ragtop. So that, uh, that pretty much fills the garage, and she's got a Challenger. So I have to make room for one of her cars besides her bug, so she's easily in and out. So Newer Challenger? Brand new. 
What's she, what kind of engine in there? RT or SRT or she's, six? She's got the uh, RT plus, the Hemi, mm -hmm. lime green. She had to have the stripes down it, but she didn't want tape, so I had to spray it. Mm -hmm. uh, I put a Hellcat hood on it. So it's a pretty cool car, you know, for a girl checking it out and running down the freeway. You know what's cool about the new cars, too? I mean, you can put a great big giant motor in some of these hot rods, but you're still going to get, you know, so-so gas mileage. These new cars, 8-speed, on the way up here, we drove it up here because I had a few problems with my 56. Mm -hmm. 23 miles a gallon. Not bad. Not bad at all. Very nice. Very nice. I'm always interested in, and you've done a lot of TV stuff. How did you transition your career from doing the cars to suddenly doing the TV appearances? You know what? I think a lot of it is uh, being in the right place at the right time. You know, I'm out there. And if you, if as a striper, if you're not out there pushing what you do, same as what all these guys do for their businesses, you got to be out there. If you're not, you're dead. So all the big guys in the past, like Von Dutch, Big Daddy Roth, those guys made a statement. If they didn't make the statement, nobody knew they were even around or they thought you were gone or you weren't doing it anymore. So a lot of this, as I progressed through my career, it was a lot that I pushed. I'm at every show. Got to know a lot of the Hot Rod guys that do photography for Hot Rod Magazine, Street Rod Magazine, those guys. So in that path, discovered through some of the guys and say, hey, you want to do a show, Hot Rod TV. You know, some of the other things like that led to Car Warriors, which probably one of my biggest challenges that I could ever do in my life was to build a car in 48 hours. I mean, six man team, 48 hours start. Mm -hmm. And that was real time. That was 48 hours from a primer car, four wheel disc brakes, wheels, tires, paint, body, flames, interior, stereo, everything. And you were primarily doing paint? as they say, yeah. but if you want to build a car, a car in 48 hours, you'd better be helping with all the rest of the stuff. Well, I just keep remembering the show, and if I remember right, I remember you kind of looking, I don't know if the word frustrated a lot of times, but exasperated, because you're waiting to do certain things, it's your turn to do certain things, the car has to have certain things happening before you get it, and you always seem to be going, looking at the watch going, oh Jesus. You know the show very well, and I'll tell you what, I couldn't even put it better, you know, and with that show, not only the time clicking away on you, your level of deterioration just keeps going downhill. They always say you got an adrenaline rush where everybody says, man, that's an adrenaline rush. You know, the fire engine code three blasting down the road. That's an adrenaline rush, mm -hmm. but that's an instant adrenaline rush. Adrenaline rush in car warriors was basically you were. 40 hours in and you were like this just passing out all of a sudden something would kick in and go whoa that's an adrenaline rush i got a few more times to be able to get something done then all of a sudden it was gone but you could feel that adrenaline rush actually kick in and kick out kick in and kick out craft services though had to help after all do you was it good craft services you have good coffee there oh we had probably uh enough to help us through um but I have to say, Car Warriors was all right. They, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of time for craft services. Now, when we did Motor City Masters, we could take a break, come right on out, and they had a full setup. We could eat whenever we wanted. So we got treated really good on that show. Was that really the best? Let's be honest, because a lot of people watch these shows, and they have no idea what goes on behind the scenes. And I always wonder, 
about, okay, I'm crazy. I always wonder about things like that. Was that the best craft services show you've ever been on? Motor City Masters was the best. Um, like I said, Car Warriors was a lot of fun, but you didn't have time to, to really. Five-hour energy was what I used through, throughout Car Warriors. Now, on Motor City Masters, that was, all right, you know what, you guys? I'm going to take a break. I'm going to go out and, and hit up, you know, some food. Mm-hmm. Sit back, relax, monster up, come back in. Now, do you remember the, the car you enjoyed doing most on uh, Car Warriors? Well, the, it'll, it'll be stuck in my head forever is the 71 Camaro, you know, and we flamed it. We did it all up. I'd love to have the car today. I wished I did, but it's still floating out there. So sometime, you know, we'll meet up again. Well, that's an interesting question too, because one of the questions we always ask people is, of all the cars you've had, and obviously you've had a lot of them, is there any car that you don't have anymore that you wish you could get back? All of them. If I could keep every one of them, it would be there. And there's a lot of them that that you've, you've let go. And a lot of these cars that I have today, these are cars that, that have retained my interest because I'll never let them go. And I don't care what happens. These will never leave because for one, my 29 pickup was on the cover of street rotter and I'm striping a girl's legs with flames. Um, can't tell you how many times we've all wanted to do that is stripe a girl's legs with flames. Go ahead. Exactly. So that was probably one of the best photo shoots ever. It took all day and I didn't mind taking all day because we'd stripe her up. We'd wipe it off. So so they came to you and they said, Jeff, this is really, we're having trouble lighting it. This is going to take a while. And you went, I am so disappointed. But you know something? I will carry on for the goal of this successful shoot. Oh, yeah. And I added in. I added in, too. They're like, well, maybe we can just do her arm. I said, why don't we just do her whole body? Oh, you know, so, yeah. So it took a little bit longer. They go, well, we kind of like the way you think, you know. So actually, it worked out pretty good. But uh, back to that, that truck will never be sold. It'll never be changed. It'll be always the way that it was on Street Rider. Mm-hmm. Uh, my 56 Bel Air wagon. I worked out of that car for almost 10 years. Mm-hmm. 250,000 miles that I put on this car working out of the back of it. It's a testament to a lot of these hot rod guys that only drive them on the weekend. Mm-hmm. I drove this thing every day. There was one of the hot rod guys came to me and said uh, to his friends, he always said, man, I can't believe that guy drives that car every day in the rain, whatever. If we had snow, it'd be in the snow. Well, yeah, that was my work car. So that guy always said, and it always stick in my head. He goes, that guy's hot rodding every single day. Thumbs up, man. That's the way it was going down the freeway. People taking pictures, thumbs up. It was awesome, you know, but finally, I guess it was the age as I got older, sweating my off in the car it was time to go i got a taste of a new car i'm like man this is nice you know mm-hmm. all right let's park the 56 mm-hmm. but uh you know what it still gets used there's still paint slung in the back of it that's what it was for but it got me a lot of work in what way it was flamed it was striped mm-hmm. it was black traditional flames dumped on the ground wide whites it was crying out look at me so everybody saw it, they go man who did your flames I said I did. You got a card? There you go. It's your billboard on wheels, basically. Exactly right. Uh-huh. Awesome. You also did a little bit of, you were, we were talking about this beforehand, you did a little Wheeler Dealers. Tell me about that experience. Wheeler Dealers was fun to work with. Those guys, I'm telling you, Mike and Ed, you know, first off, you know, Ed comes walking in. This is the first time that they actually said, we want to come film at your garage. We heard you got a really killer garage. Awesome. I don't have to go anywhere. Now, this was the first year that they came here to the States. Exactly. Their first season in the U.S. 
And uh, they were working, it was the uh, F1 episode. They did a, a patinaed Ford F100. I think it was 48, something like that. Um, don't get me wrong on the, if you watch it. But um, they came in. They didn't have to bring the truck. All it was doing was the doors. They had already patinaed it. They come in my garage and they're like, yeah. wow, this is awesome. Neon lights, everything. I said, I can turn all this stuff off if it interferes with the camera. And they're like, whoa, look at this. This place lights up perfect. And this is, of course, the one that had the mic and head on the doors exactly. that they drove, I believe, up to Lake Tahoe or something exactly. like that. Yeah. Exactly right. Okay. So uh, what's fun with those guys is Ed comes in with the hair. He stands about 6'4". You know, he goes, oh, no, no, he's taller than that. Okay, okay. I stand corrected. Um, I'm 6'3", and, and I had to look up at him like he was an yeah. NBA center for everything. might be the hair, too. Yeah, it was a good point. He must be 6'8 with the hair. Yeah. Right. But he came into the garage and we set up and he's like, can you show me how to do this? I said, you know what? I can show you how to do this. And he actually did a couple strokes on the, on the lettering and we kind of did it old school. We did a lot of fun things with it and he actually pulled it off pretty nice. But you know what? Said and done. We sat there and did the, did the whole doors. He put them on and to see the truck going down when they did the little cruise in the show running down whatever Mulholland or whatever they did. It was a great episode, and I love working with those guys. They were a lot of fun. Yeah, and they uh, were there for, what, one season before they moved on to another place? Right, right. One season they went back over, and I heard they're back over again, and they're filming here and there. So uh, their new season started, and I think they're ending uh, their final episode here real soon. Yeah, no, it's, they've been airing some of them uh, as we do this interview. Uh, they'll be coming up to the end of their season, uh, their second or third yeah. season here in, in Southern California. And it's interesting, you, were you a fan of theirs? Because have you, did you watch their other I, shows? I did watch their shows, and I have to say that to Ed, I mean, he was pretty amazing because he got his hands in just about everything. You know, and he would get in and try. And he's a super talented guy because if you watch any of the episodes, he's in there. I mean, doing everything. He was like a one-man band. And it, and it looked a lot like me because I do the paint. I do the body work. I do the buffing. I do the pinstriping, you know. So I'm self-taught in a lot of different areas because I don't like to rely on anybody. And with that show, that's what makes that show so good because – they do everything themselves. Maybe you could answer this question, and I think a lot of people who watch that particular show remember that I believe it's a '57 Dodge that was cut up and it was in the backyard, and yep. and and it was chopped I actually, up. Half I actually tried to get the front end off of that or the back end because it was sitting there for so long. I said, "What are you guys going to do with this? I'll make it into couch or a." Or something, you know. Do you, do you know what the history of that was? I don't know what happened to it. I know that I saw it all cut up, and I don't know whatever happened to it. Or why it was cut up like that? I have no idea. It's it wasn't necessarily in that garage before they showed up. I don't think so. I think they had plans for it. It was slated for something, and nothing ever came. When the season ended, I was even like, hey, what are you guys going to do with this? And all of a sudden, it's like, it's gone. Yeah, so I think they took it to the next place, as a matter right. of fact. Yeah. Right. I think it was just a display because... Uh, the front end wound up, I think, up on top of the building, exactly. and the back was still sitting on the, in the carcass of the rest of the car just sat there. So, that's, that's, For some of you who watch this show, you know exactly what we're talking about. This, uh, In fact, uh, right in the back where it said a big Wheeler Dealer sign, I believe it was hanging on like a, an alcove or something like that, the front end. So that, that's a little Wheeler Dealer's trivia that when you were oh, talking yeah. about that. Oh, that'd yeah. Be great. And I have to say, those guys, I mean, it's funny because you walk, you walk around, they're like, Hey, Styles, man, I saw you on TV last night. Hey, Styles, I saw you on TV last night. It's like, 
and it was all Wheeler Dealers. Yeah. I've got the best press out of one episode of Wheeler Dealers than anything else that I've done. Wow. And I have to have to send kudos out to those guys because they treated me really well. Tell me a little bit about what's coming up for you now as far as media and stuff. Uh, we got a few things. I do um, a little show that's uh, mostly internet and uh, local cable. It's called The Sunday Drive. I come in and host, co-host. Uh, we do anything that's on wheels. Uh, we just did a show last weekend with uh, Labor Day Cruise. We, uh, it was kind of fun. We did a little skit with, uh, you know, the new Uber thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I had my 56 out there. Well, it's a nine passenger. But we had 13 people on the car, you know, and an Uber sticker in it. So In a 56 Chevy. In a 56 Chevy. That's lowered, slammed, and, and all that. Super slammed with 13 people in it, you know. It's a wagon. So nice. it's a people mover. And uh, we come cruising up, and, and, you know, the producer of the show, we came up, and he's like, hey, man, you're supposed to be picking us up. So we came up, picked him up, shoved him in the car, and we went for a cruise, you know. And everybody's like, check it out. That's got an Uber sticker on it, you know. <laughs> so... The public was just uh, kind of fascinated, like, really? Is that real? You know, and there's 13 people hanging off. So it was kind of a, a little play on, on Uber, but it was a lot of fun. That's one of the things. There's a couple more shows coming up that's uh, similar to Car Warriors mm-hmm. um, to put the team together and, and get it going. So that's in the works right now. We'll, so we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. It's another, uh, another challenge in, uh, in the notch in my belt to see what we can do, you know. Well, that Car Warriors thing, was it the success of you guys putting the cars together? Or to be honest, was it the personality on the side kind of trying to meld together? Because there were times that, and we don't know how much of that is real and how much of it wasn't, but uh, the fact that you guys had to really, get, it got tense at times. I'll tell you, you know, a lot of it, uh, like we hit on a little earlier, a lot of it was for real. I mean, that was 48 hours. That was not stretched. That wasn't you know, spliced in. No, we really had 80 hours. No, we didn't. We had 48 hours. And when they said, put your stuff down, you're done, you know, but there were a couple times and, and I have to give myself kudos for not really giving myself kudos because there was a few times where it did get heated and I threw a couple parts. And the reason being was that I wasn't making it up. They actually got to you and they had borrowed some things here and there and you know one minute out of that 48 hours equaled probably an hour Mm -hmm. and if they stole that minute it hurt you so there was a lot of product placement and stuff disappeared so i'm trying to build up that front end of a split bumper and there's a if you ever do a split bumper, there's a lot of pieces to that well some of my pieces disappeared they happen to be underneath my pile of parts getting thrown out Mm -hmm. and they did it so they made the drama to make me upset and i'm like i didn't put my parts under there they did meaning the other team or the producers no the producers so Uh, they kind of mess with you a little bit you know to make a little bit of drama there where you're like really i would not throw my parts away and that's if you watched any of the opening scenes for season two i made the cut because of getting a little eye right, you know, and, and throwing a piece across the floor. Uh-huh. That was real of me getting really mad, but it was because of their doing. Producers creating fake reality. I personally am shocked oh, and stunned. God. Really? No, yeah. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> no, of course not. I'm not shocked and stunned at all. There's so many cars out there that you've worked on, so many cars that you would like to have, I'd imagine. Uh, out of all of them, what's number one on the Jeff Styles list of cars I want somewhere? Man, you put me on a spot on that one. I don't think there's uh, 
there's there's a lot of different uh there's a lot of different stuff that man like i said earlier i'd have one of each but really in my career i think probably it wasn't a car that i'd like to have it was probably one of the jobs that i did and some of the people that i've worked with um, if i could have a piece of of what i did uh, would be cars land disneyland worked with chip foos and i worked with two other stripers in this this whole deal and uh, some of the stuff that we did in Disneyland is there forever. And if anybody goes into Cars Land, check out Ramones, check out the racers, any of the striping, any of the paint work, you'll see is my work. So some of the stuff that was done in there, I can talk about it and I can, I can praise, but go see it. But until you get to Disneyland and they say it's the happiest place on earth, until you go and work in Disneyland, you'll know what they mean. Because when I went in there, I might be in a bad mood one day. The lady would come up. She goes, how come you're not, you, you kind of look like you're a little sad. She goes, you want to go on some rides, right? I'm like, yeah, I do, actually. We'd take a break and go on racers. Well, we're breaking in the racer ride. There's sandbags sitting next to us. So we were some of the first guys to actually ride racers, walk the track, watch the lighting come up. There's some times that we were there where nobody else was. Is there a time where you can say that you drove your own car into Carsland, down Route 66 of a make-believe Carsland? I did. Mm -hmm. And I've got pictures to show that we're parked in front of Flo's. My car is sitting right there. Cool stuff. Now, to make it even cooler, since you did all this stuff, they gave you a lifetime pass, right? You know what I wish they did. Man, they're tough. What? They are tough. What? Um, Chip Foos didn't even get a... Seriously? A, yeah. But you know what was cool is after we were done working, Chip came up to me one time. He goes, you're not leaving, are you? I go, we're done working, right? He goes, we're staying to go uh, ride the rides. When do you get an opportunity to go hang out in line? And Chip wasn't the guy that goes to the front of the line. We hung out with the people in the lines. And uh, it turns out that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the funny guy. I'm doing this. Everybody wants to take Chip's picture. And he introduced me as his PR guy, photographer. So I had wound up having to take pictures of him with all the people instead of me being in them. So I was just the, I was the, I was the, the scruff, you know. But it was cool. It was a lot of fun, you know. And uh, you don't get that opportunity every day. Give me one indication of what you'd like to do with this car personality of yours with your abilities and, and you're you're kind of stretching out now and doing different shows is there a kind of show that you'd like to do in the future that you haven't done yet i think one of the shows that that i've tried to uh tried to get going is a spinoff of a lot of different things um back in the day when they're like pimp my ride you know spinoff of pimp my ride this is one of the things i've always preached and uh we'll put it out there maybe even if i don't get kudos on it it'd be a cool ride say you want to go to disneyland okay. your wife's got a car that's kind of beat up she's like you know i'd love to have some wheels and tires and maybe some graphics on it or some something simple well you say all right i'm going to take you to disneyland well why she's in disneyland cameras are all set up where she parks the car the crew comes in steals the car saves the spot takes the car back to shop, paints it, wheels, tires, stereo, whatever, puts the car back in, changes it, change the color, everything. She comes back out and chirp, chirp. That's not my car. Boom. You just had, you were had on TV right there, you know? So I thought it'd be kind of cool. It'd be really a cool challenge, but also what I like to see is 
the people effect. Mm -hmm. What the expressions, what's going to happen? What are they going to do when they come out? Are they going to walk around and look all over the place for this car? Or are they going to finally realize that, hey, wait a minute, that's my car. Painter and pinstriper Jeff Stiles. Now, like you, I go to car shows from time to time and recently came across a great 65 Ford Mustang and a recent Sunday show called Supercar Sunday in Woodland Hills, California at the local promenade. You can see pictures, by the way, of that striped Mustang. It's a Shelby on our Talking About Cars Facebook and Instagram pages. All right, so I went live on Facebook looking at all the cars and I interviewed the owner of the Shelby. His name is Olin Nelson and he had a rather interesting story. Actually, uh, not a real Shelby. It's a clone but had it for uh, 22 years, uh, drive it all the time, and rebuilt it probably three times. It's got a 331-stroker motor, fully balanced and all forged bottom end, and it uh, dynos at uh, 408 horsepower at the rear wheels, 371 pounds of torque, but a T5Z. Five-speed transmission in it. I assume you've already always been a Mustang guy. Uh, pretty much. I had a 1968 GT500 with a 428 when I was a young guy, and I couldn't afford it anymore. I got married, you know. That happens. <laughs> messed that up. That happens. Anyway, this one, um, it's got a, a Lincoln 9-inch rear end in it with shortened axles and a Detroit locker. Uh, the suspension has been modified considerably to uh, get it to track better, and we do track the car occasionally. Where do you take it? Uh, Willow Springs, it's a big track. Probably the most unique thing about the car is um, I do noise reduction systems for high-end VIP airplanes and created some really unique technology and decided to try to do it in a car and I did it in this car. Really? How's so it working? It works quite well. It has uh, 58 pounds of insulation in it. Completely fireproof, the whole cabin, and at the same time, um, windows up 70 miles an hour on the freeway is comparable to um, a Lexus. It has no road noise in it. Oh my gosh. And even though it's got uh, straight bypasses on the pipes, uh, windows up, you can't hear the exhaust system at 70 miles an hour. Do you sell these? Do you envision selling these now for uh, regular uh, hot rods and cars? Well, I can do it for any car, and I've done it for a few. I do uh, the noise reduction systems for the Singer Porsche, oh. which is a half-million-dollar car. Wow. Quite an exotic car. I, I, just out of mild curiosity, what's it cost to do that kind of insulation on a car like this? Uh, in a Mustang, it's about uh, $1,800, something like that. It's not bad, and um, makes it thermally... Uh, you have no thermal issues from your exhaust system. It's come, there's a, you have a 3,000 degree fire barrier between you and, and the outside. Wow. So, and in case anybody is listening to this and going, oh my God, I got to have that. How would they get a hold of you? Well, the company is uh, called N2 Aero, the letter N, the number two, A-E-R-O. Uh, we're based in Glendale. And uh, phone number, 323-210-3251. Wow. Happy to call us and talk to you. Shelby owner and a guy who knows how to deaden the sound inside your car 
Olin Nelson. Hey, if you're listening on iTunes, number one, subscribe. It's free and you'll automatically get notified when a new show uploads. Then rate us and write a review. If you're listening on SoundCloud, like us and follow us and spread the word about our great guests and the now award-winning Talking About Cars podcast. Also, check out our videos with our partners at Generation Auto on YouTube. Until next time, I'm Randy Cardoon. Join me as we have some fun talking about cars.